pray with me that this cough will stay just just this side of 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 where it's 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 tickling me to be. I don't want to have to put on that mask, but I will if I if I must. Um, one of the characteristics of being sick um, or being infirm in any way, in my experience, I think this is pretty universal. I don't think it's just me, is that God gets your attention. Uh, God gets your attention when you're when you're taken out of your norm. You have surgery and you're not healing the way you thought you would or as fast as you would. And you talk to God a lot more. I'm getting some, some, some amens there from Christy. I know I could look around the room and probably pick out a bunch of you. you there's an element of truth in the saying that, that a time of illness is, a, is meant to be a rich time between you and God. It is a time that is meant to remind us um, that we are frail and we take for granted this life. We take for granted being healthy and, and uh, it's certainly been my experience. I've, I've often put it this way that when God just gets exasperated that I'm not listening, he lets me get sick. Because he knows that once I'm sick, I'm like, Lord, why is this happening to me? Why is this going to And he knows that eventually I'll stop complaining and start listening. And one of, the, one of the beautiful things that happened to me in the early season of this, because I felt really ill and very unwell for 10, 11 of the days of the 19 I've, since I first was aware of this and tested positive. Um, I, I was, it was brought to my attention to my mind's um, eyes where I, I remembered a prayer that I had heard off and on through my lifetime in the church. And it's not a Sunday prayer, but somehow or another I had become familiar with it. I don't even know how, but it came back into my mind and it wouldn't go away. And so I began to think about this prayer and pray, about, pray this prayer with some regularity and it's a prayer for guidance, and it's a prayer that, that, that I don't have it perfectly memorized, but it basically asks God to direct all our ways. So it, it's a prayer where we say, direct us, O Lord, in all our doings, which is kind of an old-fashioned way to speak, that, that God would direct what we do, that he, would, that he would be ahead of us in all we do. Um, and that, that our doing would be related to what God was wanting us to be doing. And then it goes on to say, direct us in all our doings that all our works, all the stuff that we start doing, begun, continued, and ended in thee, would bring us to your glory through Jesus Christ our Lord. And as I reflected on that prayer and, and stayed with that prayer over multiple days, um, it, it caused me to want to reevaluate, re okay, are the things I've begun to do, did I begin them in the Lord? Or did I just begin them? Because I'm praying that I wouldn't begin anything not in the Lord. And then if I begin a thing in the Lord, that I would continue in the Lord. I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't begin and then falter. And then not only that, I would continue to the end. And my heart's desire would be that the things I do would bring glory and honor to the Lord. Um, 
and, and, and so the more I prayed about that prayer, the more I felt like I wanted to pause um, and turn to this passage in the Gospel of John, pause from our journey through Matthew and, and look at this uh, uh, piece of chapter 6 of John's Gospel where we hear that many of the disciples of Jesus decided to no longer walk with him. To no longer walk with him. I've, I've shared with the congregation multiple times over the years, first when I would occasionally be a, a guest preacher, and then in the three days that has become two years, three weeks that has become two years, that, that we're alive when the context in which we are seeking to be faithful Christians has changed so dramatically around us some of us more than others. The older we are in this room, the more we've experienced this, that we've gone from a presumption that our communities and our cultures and our schools and our institutions would uphold the Christian faith, would uphold the gospel of, of Jesus Christ, would uphold the commandments of God, that, that we were in a community and a culture and indeed we were a part of a nation that was trusting in God and wanted God's guidance and wanted God's will and wanted God's way. We've gone from living in that kind of environment to where many, if not most Christians today are embarrassed to talk very openly in almost all the arenas of their life about the things of God that Christians believe because the culture is treating those of us who believe those things as though we are a problem. And we, we need to be quiet or get out of the way or go away. Um, and and that, that context is causing the church to be shaken and the church to be sifted. Now, COVID has done it, um, but it was a long time coming. It, it's almost as though I don't really know what all examples could be given, but I th they think there are many uh, in nature and in human history where things are changing, but the changes are so subtle at any one moment that the vast majority are not understanding that the change is happening. And, and, and then somewhere along the road, I think there was a book about this a few years ago called The Tipping Point. Some, somewhere there's like, if something tips and all at once, all at once, things are really, really, really different. And it's for most people, it's like, well, wait a minute. It was not that way yesterday. Um, we've gone through and are in the midst of one of those tipping points in human history. And, and I, I find as I talk to other leaders in the church and the, the people that I know and, and respect around the world, there's a general conviction among us as leaders in the church that we are now in a different moment than we were in three years ago. It is not the same context that we were in three years ago. What we are trying to say and preach and teach and learn to live is in a completely different context in 2022 from where we would have been on February 13th, 2019. 
And the church has been shaken by it. The church has been rocked by it. Uh, the church is, and I, I'm speaking generally, not just of the Anglican world that we know, some of us know best, but, but the churches. And we've seen, those of us in leadership that are paying attention, that many have decided not to walk with us. They've decided not to walk with us, who are trying to walk with Jesus. And I am convinced that the shaking of the church and the sifting of the church is not finished. So the future that we have at Christ the King Grace and the future that we have individually, men and women here, young and old, we may have someone here today as a visitor who will go home somewhere quite a, a ways away. I think we're in for a season in which it will become more and more critical for us to be really, really clear what it means for us to want God to direct our ways. That what we begin and what we continue and what we end in is what God wants. And for that to happen, to be our prayer and our heart's desire individually as well as collectively. Now in this uh, gospel of uh, John chapter six, the last few verses, verse 66, 67, 68, and 69, are the, the four verses that I'd like you to carry away from, from the service today. And I would encourage you to, to look it up on your own and think about it and to talk about it. Talk about it after you leave here. Because Jesus is experiencing men and women who were with him leaving him. They're no longer wanting to walk with him. And he he, he questions the 12, and I can't but believe that he questions them within his humanity, some, some painful um, sorrow. Are you going to leave too? I mean, all of them are leaving. Are you going to leave? Even you guys? Are you? And Peter comes to the fore, as Peter always does. Peter's right up there, right in front, you know. Uh, look, who, do, who are we going to go to? Uh, there's nowhere else to go. We, 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 are, we have discovered there's nowhere else to go. There's nowhere else we want to go. There's nowhere else we want to be um, but with you. Now, we know the rest of the story, and then even Peter and the others will have yet a, a, a time when it gets so hot, the heat gets so hot in the kitchen, they prefer to be in another part of the house. But God will mercifully restore them. But here we see that moment. And in that little moment, we hear Peter describing in those four verses of John's Gospel, we hear what it means to be a serious follower of Jesus and not to be. What it means to be true, faithful, and not to be true and faithful. And, and, it, and it has to do with four words that should be relatively easy to remember. Walk, hearing, walking, believing, and knowing. Hearing, walking, believing, and knowing. Every one of these disciples had in some way or another heard Jesus teaching, heard him speaking, heard him preaching. And at one level or another, sometimes literally, sometimes figuratively, 
they have all heard him say, if you want to know more, follow me. So having heard, he says, follow. Walk with me. And what today reveals to us is that we can walk along for quite a ways until we really start hearing what he's saying. And when we really start hearing what he's saying, it causes some who have been walking to decide to walk another way, to turn back, to not continue. And we don't want to be those kind of people. We, 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 we are asking God to make us the kind of people who don't turn back. But it starts by hearing and beginning to pay attention, hearing and beginning to follow. And at some point, believing, and this is what Peter says, we have believed. We, we have come to believe who you are. We've come to recognize that the words that you are teaching are eternal life. The words you're giving us are life itself. We are being changed by your words into, into men who understand that you're calling us to our destiny in God. You are wanting us to be holy, what God wants us to be. And, and because we've heard what you're teaching, we've really begun to hear it. We believe it. We, we believe it. So we, we, we can't go anywhere else. And that, that's a pivot point. That's a turning point in the life of every Christian. From, I know I ought to pay attention to this Jesus. I, I, like, I sort of like much of what he seems to represent. I, I sort, of, sort of don't mind at all hearing about him when things are going pretty easy or pretty good. But the more I've begun to know about him, the more I realize what he says and what he's asking is way more than I realized at the beginning. If I keep walking with this Jesus, he's asking for everything from me. He's not asking a Sunday commitment from me. He's, he's not asking a churchy commitment from me. He's asking to have the control of my whole life. And, and, and in, in, that, in that moment, Every one of us in this room that has a true and living faith knows this fact. There's this moment when something in you goes, I believe it, and I have to respond. Because I believe it, I, I, I've, I've, got to, I've got to respond to it. I, I, can't, I can't turn away from it. I can't turn back from it. It, it, and, and, and we know instantly that there's all kinds of things that are still needing to be changed in me. But, but the whole interior move of my soul is yielding in that direction. That's what it means to believe, to really believe. It, it doesn't mean to argue in a bar over whether Jesus is the Son of God. You can argue in a bar and be a guy arguing that he is the Son of God with another guy who says he isn't the son of God, and you're both lost. It's possible. But when you believe it, you go, this, this, is, this is calling me to be different through and through. This is, this is calling for something I can't do, I can't make it happen, but you, 
but you're, you're yielding to the Lord that it would be so. And that's, that's the believing. And Peter actually says, we've, we've walked with you, we've heard what you're teaching, we've come to believe it, and we know, we know that you are the Holy One of God. You are not leading us astray. You are not teaching us what's false. You are not calling for change that God doesn't want. You are the Holy One of God sent to us that we would walk with you into eternal life. And that's the journey that we're on together as a people, individually and corporately, hearing the word of God, hearing the word of Jesus, walking with with it, walking with him, walking with others that are, that are listening, others that are trying to respond, and walking along to that point where at some deep level of our soul, we start to go, this is true. This is true, true. This, th when I go out of here and hear other things, I'm not hearing the truth. I'm hearing falsehood. And we have made that shift to believing we're walking now believing it, not just listening and paying a little attention. And the longer we walk, the clearer it becomes to us. There's nowhere else to be. There's nowhere else to go. There's nowhere else I want to go because you have the words of eternal life, Jesus. Everything I could have ever wanted or longed for or prayed for that is truly good, that is truly beautiful, that is truly worthy, that is truly holy. You have it. I'm not going anywhere else, no matter what. No matter what. Lent starts in just a few weeks. This, this year, Lent will begin on the second day of March, I think. Um, so we have two more Sundays before Lent begins. Um, and in earlier ages of faith, this Sunday had a special name that it was so weird that it told you Lent was coming. I don't know, it was like Sept was Septuagesima or something like that. I think there was Sept there was Septuagesima, Sexagesima, Quinquagesima, and then Lent began, or something like that. I forget how it was. But it's not far away. Now, what is Lent? What is Lent? Lent gives us the opportunity every year for those of us who, who attend to it as a season of preparation before Easter comes to review if, if we're actually starting our works in the Lord, continuing our work in the Lord, and ending with the Lord. If we're really, if we're really wanting the whole of our life aligned with the Lord, or if we just want a little Sunday life with the Lord, or a little small group life with the Lord. Do we want the whole of what he's asking and offering us or not? Lent's one of those seasons. And so I just want to ask you, I want to call you to begin to think about it in advance, a couple of weeks before it hits. Um, and, and to realize that the, the times that are tough are are hard to go through, it, whether it's when we're sick or when things are going uh, astray all around us. We desperately need one another. 
We desperately need one another. And it's going to become more and more important that we reclaim how central to us ending well are other faithful people. And that we need one another to help one another on this journey of beginning to walk, of beginning to hear, of beginning to attend to the teaching of Jesus, of beginning to separate the difference between what men have taught us and women have taught us and what Jesus is trying to teach us. To begin to separate the difference between what the world would say and what the word of God would say. That we're in that struggle. And as we struggle with it, we are likely to be more and more outsiders to the world that we think we belong to. And we will need one another to stay faithful. The search committee have turned a big corner uh, for us. They have uh, completed the parish survey, the, the, the listening days, the conversations that you've had privately with members of the search committee. Uh, the survey produced the profile that's now um, printed and online and, and given to the bishop. And this week, if I'm gonna look at the chairman of the committee, this week, you got names from the bishop, correct? Got five names, five, of, uh, uh, five clergy. The bishop has asked, and by, by our duty, our responsibility, will be the first five people to be interviewed and, and looked at. So one of them might be the new rector. Uh, if, if, if God would be so pleased, John will be happy. <laughs> uh, and um, so... Um, not because I want to go away, but just because I want it in the hands of the man, the man that God's calling to carry it. But um, so it's a whole new season. But trust me, trust me, dear ones. Like Paul said, and Teresa read, like Paul said in his, in his uh, little epistle today, um, we're involved in a battle. We're involved in a fight. And we're called to fight the good fight. And we're called to run the race. We're, we're called to not falter. We're called to not turn back. And we're praying with all our hearts and all our mind and all our strength that God will send a man who will be the leader that helps us to be that kind of people. That kind of people. Um, but we desperately need one another as well. So plan now and pray now about your Lent and how you will, in your Lent, uh, be not just secretly and privately involved in evaluating your own self but who are you going to be involving yourself with in any conversations about these things maybe it is your own spouse maybe it is someone in your own household maybe it's someone else but um, this Lent don't just go through it alone be part of some other group of people however small or however extended who are also wanting to never turn back to never turn back. When I came to Christ as a, as a, young, a young man, uh, I've told you many times, I was born again singing. We, we sang all the time. I'm going to dare to sing a song to you. That's a, 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 you might have learned it at a summer camp. You might know it, you might not. It's so simple, though, that if I don't mangle it, you, you'll be able to sing it after I get it started. And it goes like this. I have decided to follow Jesus. Do you know that one? Am I pitching it too high, Zach? 
I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me. No turning back, no turning back. No none go with me, still I will follow. No none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. No turning back, no turning back. Sing glory, glory, and hallelujah. Sing glory, glory, and hallelujah. Sing glory, glory, and hallelujah. No turning back, no turning back. Let us pray. Father, make it so. Make it so for each of us and all those we love who have been called by your name, have been baptized in your name, have been raised to know you. Make it so. Make it so. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.